RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by our Patreon supporter, Jim DeVico. We thank him and all our other patrons for their monthly support. Command codes verified. Priority One message from Starfleet coming in on secure channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 381 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report from the Star Trek multiverse, recorded live on Tuesday, September 4th, 2018, and available for download or streaming on Friday, September 7th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kenna. And I'm Anthony. All right, Kenna, why don't you tell us what we've got coming up this week? Well, this week we check out the latest updates from Star Trek Discovery, what Carl Urban knows about the fourth installment of the Kelvin Timeline films, and some Picard show hints are starting to drop. In Star Trek Online news, things are heating up as we gear up towards Age of Discovery, with blog posts including an introduction to the updates that we'll see in the reputation system, special events with unique gear, and some promotional goodies. There's also a few headlines from other Star Trek games. Later, Jake and Cookie take us on a walk through the promenade to Window Shop for new Star Trek merchandise. And as always, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. Captains, remember that those hailing frequencies are always open, and we love to hear from you between episodes. So please, reach out to us. We're on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're on Twitter at Priority One Pod. You can even send us an email via incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. And we're on Instagram. Follow us at PriorityOnePod. Now's the point of the show where we have to take a moment to thank our patrons. Each month, a group of you contributes your hard-earned money to help support Priority One Podcast by helping us keep the lights on, by producing new content each and every week. Without your support, this really wouldn't be possible. For those of you unaware, Patreon is a way that you can help financially support Priority One Podcast. As you know, this is a volunteer organization. None of us get paid for the time that we put into producing this show. So those contributions go directly into improving the weekly content you've come to expect. If you're interested, patronage starts at a dollar and up. And if you're interested in finding out what perks we have available, visit patreon.com forward slash priority one. Now, of course, we understand that a financial contribution may not be possible. There are other ways that you can help support Priority One. For instance, when you see us post on social media, be sure to share it with your friends. Let them know that they can get their weekly roundup of Star Trek news right here on Priority One. Now, there's one other way that you can support the show as well, Captains. We're in need of an audio editor to join the team and help produce this show. Each week, the episode is split between a small group of us to help edit the show. Many hands make for light work. 
Priority One is a volunteer group of passionate fans, and we're looking for someone with just as much passion to lend us their talents. You don't need to be an audio engineer expert to join the team. We're happy to train you. All you have to do is email us, incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com is the address, or visit PriorityOnePodcast.com and you'll find more information under About Us. Now, let's check out all the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. I don't know. Then let's check it out. Star Trek The Franchise that spawned seven series, 13 films, and Priority One Podcast has been honored with the prestigious Governor's Award from the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. The Governor's Award recipient is chosen by the Academy's Board of Governors for their, quote, achievement in the television arts and sciences that is exceptional and universal in nature and goes beyond the scope of annual Emmy Awards recognition. End quote. The Academy had high praise of the franchise, saying in its press release, quote, What began as a television show grew into an entertainment franchise that has consistently depicted humanity's greatest hopes for a better tomorrow. End quote. The award will be presented to CBS on September 8th during night one of the Creative Arts Emmy Awards. Congratulations to Star Trek. Fan Expo Canada, the largest pop culture convention in Canada, was held at Metro Toronto Convention Centre late last week. Among the guests at North America's third largest pop culture event were Michael J. Fox, Jason Momoa, Evangeline Lilly, William Shatner, and a large contingent of Star Trek Discovery stars. On Saturday, September 1st, Sonequa Martin-Green, Doug Jones, Mary Weissman, Anthony Rapp, Shazad Latif and Anson Mount took to the stage to talk all things Discovery. While spoilers were all but absent, the panelists made it clear that Discovery Season 2 would focus on the emotional toll Season 1 took on our heroes, as well as tying Discovery into the larger Star Trek mythos. Anson Mount showcased his trek expertise, and the cast made a little attempt to hide their love for one another. YouTuber FTW vs. WTF has posted the full panel on their channel, so follow the links in our show notes to trek it out. So moving on now to the films, while he's not playing pool with Elijah and Anthony, hashtag not jealous at all, Carl Urban is headlining conventions. At last weekend's Trek Honduroga, Urban talked to some of the fans about his thoughts on the upcoming Star Trek Kelvin 4 and the rumored Quentin Tarantino-led Star Trek film. Of Star Trek 4, Urban is certain that holdout Chris Pine wants to do the film and believes Paramount will work it out, saying, quote, I am pretty confident, though, that Paramount and those guys, they will figure it out, because I know Chris. We were all in touch recently, and everybody wants to do it and make it happen. So if Paramount is willing, there will be a way to make it happen. So fingers crossed, end quote. Of the hashtag Trekantino project, Urban says, quote, Quentin Tarantino went into producer J.J. Abrams's offices and pitched him an idea for a Star Trek movie. I know a little bit about what that is, and it's bananas. So they're writing that as well, end quote. Urban also verified that the Kelvin cast will be in the Trekantino film, saying, quote, I was personally delighted he was not only a Star Trek fan, but also interested in working with our cast. It's not only a new story, but he is just one of those filmmakers that has a very unique and specific vision." End quote. It didn't take long for the untitled Picard show to drop its first hashtag Trek nugget. This week, the show's executive producer, Michael Shabon, released an image on Instagram saying, quote, Supreme Guardian of all Trek canon, 
and beloved colleague, Kirsten Beyer, dropped some cosmographical science on the untitled Picard Project Writer's Room today. End quote. The crudely drawn Beyer picture is of the four quadrants, each labeled with the quadrant's main power players, as well as the Bajoran wormhole and what looks like the Borg transwarp network. This, as you would imagine, piqued interest among the fanbase. Shabon clarified the post later, saying, quote, This map represents only, and very roughly, the status quo at the close of Voyager, the latest set, as you know, of all the pre-existing TV series, and was executed purely as a visual aid for the edification of Professor Byers colleagues, end quote. Even though there isn't much new in the photo, we have learned two important things. The Picard project is underway, and Kirsten Beyer is spreading her Star Trek knowledge. So what I'm curious about from this, you know, galaxy map layout is, you know, we've heard that Al Rivera has been visiting CBS Studios to kind of get an idea of what the stories are going to be like. So... I wonder if this Picard series is also going to honor some of the storyline that was told following up to 2409. Well, my first question is, does does uh, Kirsten Beyer play Star Trek Online? That's a very good question. I've been wondering about both of those things, actually. This also tells me that they're in full swing on, on pre-production of this show, and I would not be surprised if if they've already been building sets and I wouldn't be surprised if this show debuts in 2019, possibly even as early as summer 2019 after Discovery season two finishes. That is an interesting theory. Uh, that feels that feels too soon to me, honestly. But there does seem to be a lot of momentum. I will grant you that there does seem to be an awful lot of momentum behind this show, and um, certainly there's an appetite for it. So maybe this week, Sir Patrick Stewart met up with some old friends. The cast of TNG. Well, most of them anyway. In a tweet dated September 3rd, Marina Sirtis posted a photo of herself with Sir Patrick, LeVar Burton, Gates McFadden, Brent Spiner, and Michael Dorn. LeVar Burton shared a few more photos tweeting, quote, about last night, end quote. Why the group reunited is still a mystery. Perhaps it had just been too long. Or perhaps they met for... Other reasons? Check out the show notes for a link to the tweets. Oh yeah, there he's updating them on what's going on with the show and asking, okay, do you guys want to be in it? I, you know, I think that the, the fans would just eat that up if that was really what was going on there. And certainly any Picard show, barring, you know, tragic occurrences, of course, Data's not going to be there. But, you know, that's that's an opportunity for guest appearances from all of that cast, which would be so cool. I think it's more likely they just met for dinner. But, but you know, wow, I'm the real downer on, like, all the rampant speculation this week, aren't I? <laughs> well, that's it for this week's Star Trek news. Now let's find out what happened this week in the world of Star Trek gaming. Computer status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. We're ready to dive into our gaming news for this week, and joining us is Fleet Admiral Winters of the Priority One Armada. The Age of Discovery is bringing an age of changes to Star Trek Online. One of the most anticipated changes is the revamp to the player versus environment queues, which is being rebranded to Task Force Operations. 
as part of this revamp, there will be a new tier added to all of the current reputations. Reaching tier 6 will soon grant improved reputation traits, new set bonuses, energy weapons, vanity shield visuals, and social zone abilities. When these new features go live, the Reputation UI will also be getting a facelift to help players understand and navigate the available Reputation benefits. For further details and a link to the system designer Matt Campbell's blog post, check out our show notes. So I remember uh, I had a look at the blog for this, and uh, if I remember correctly, they said that when you reach Tier 5 in a particular Reputation, that it's going to be an automatic unlock for all alt characters on your account to be automatically sponsored, which is pretty cool. Well, we had this conversation with our Vera during STLV is that they're they're looking at mitigating that type of player engagement, right? So they're fully aware that many players have many tunes, many mm -hmm. characters. Um, so this is probably a step in that direction. The way captains experience the story in Star Trek Online will also be changing. Senior game designer Jesse Heinig posted a summary of the mission journal changes we can expect when Age of Discovery launches. Some of the changes include taking certain mission groups out of the mission journal proper, including Wasteland, Spectres, and Breen Invasions, just to name a few. These missions will continue to exist in the galaxy, but they will not be included in the new streamlined narrative. Older missions have also been retouched in order to bring them more in line with the quality of the current content. Missions like Stranded in Space, Diplomatic Orders, and Researcher Rescue are just a few. A link to Jesse's blog post can be found in the show notes. One thing that jumps into my mind is new players coming into the game. They're not going to know about Wasteland or Spectres or the Breen Invasion if it's not included in the main storyline. And I'm wondering, or I suppose I'm predicting, that these story arcs that they're going to take out probably won't be played all that often anymore. Because, I mean, if I roll a new character, or, like I said, a new player coming into the game, there's no reason to go to Nimbus 3 to do Wasteland, for example. Was there? Was there? <laughs> Cause man, I hated that that arc. Oh, that's, I hated that's easy. I love that arc. An hour and uh, you complete the whole thing. Uh, I love that arc. Was my least favorite arc. That was the first adventure zone, wasn't it? Wasn't that right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, that 26. planet. Yeah. But yeah, I don't. I don't think they're removing them entirely. I think that it's no. just you will be able to go and play them. Right. It's not going to be a part of the path to twenty four ten from twenty four oh nine to twenty four ten. But. Unless they're going to do something to say, hey, by the way, there's a bunch of missions over here. New players ain't going to know about them, and they're just going to skip right past them. Because there is, without the Wasteland story arc in the main storyline, there's no other reason to go to Nimbus 3. There's nothing that brings you back there. Uh, there is a dance party. Captains, the Breach is back. From now until September 27th, Captains, level 50 and higher, can queue up for the five-player breach event and take on a Voth city ship. Every 20 hours, you can earn a Voth operative transmission. Collect 14 of them, and you can run a reputation project and be rewarded with 50,000 lithium ore, 500 fleet marks, 250 marks of your choice, and a bioengineered dinosaur combat pet. <laughs> Completing this project once will unlock this pet for all characters on your account. It's a dinosaur with freaking laser beams attached to its head. It is indeed, uh, which is a very 
interesting reward, but I think it's kind of cool. Dude, it's a combat pet that breathes fire. Right. I'm yeah. okay with this. I'm okay with this. I'll tell you what I was surprised about is that they're running the Breach event back-to-back with the, the Crystalline event that, you know, just finished today, actually. They've never done that before. So I would say we're probably a month to six weeks away from the launch of Age of Discovery. Because that's why they've thrown this in, just to tide us over for the time being. This weekend, captains will have plenty to do. On PC, you can accelerate those R&D projects with another research and development weekend. Not only will R&D packs give out an extra 25% of items, but also an additional catalyst for the normal, advanced, and elite packs. And you can earn 50% more R&D school XP now till Monday morning, September 10th. PC players can also save 20% off costumes until Monday. Now is a great time to get that special suit or uniform you've been looking at. Captains on console are needed to repel the Alachi this weekend. The Alachi Alert queue will be offering 50% bonus marks from now until Monday, so jump in and help close those subspace doorways. The next time you find yourself at a newsstand, be sure to pick up the latest and newest Star Trek Discovery magazine. The official companion not only features a ton of behind-the-scenes making of Season 1 photos and articles, but it will also give you some Star Trek Online goodies! Each copy comes with a code to get the Discovery uniforms, three Phoenix prize packs, one large XP boost, and a Tier 1 Constitution-class starship. This is a great opportunity for anyone starting out in the game, or even for those of you that might need a little boost. The Phoenix prize packs alone make it worthwhile. Uh, so I, I was actually surprised by this. I didn't even know this magazine was coming out, number one. And number two, uh, this pack is really good. I mean, just the three Phoenix prize packs and the XP boost make this worthwhile trying to find this magazine. Um, and if you're somebody who didn't get the Discovery uniforms when they were made available for free, or you don't already have a uh, you know TOS Constitution class ship, this is a really great way to get it. And you get a magazine on the making of season one of Star Trek Discovery. What excites me also about this is not only the rewards that are available with the purchase of this magazine, but that we're seeing Star Trek Online getting cross-promoted. And I think that it does an incredible disservice to Cryptic Studios, Perfect World, and Star Trek as a whole to not be advertising Star Trek Online during things like Star Trek Discovery or After Trek or whatever the rendition of After Trek is going to be or at, you know, uh, during a trailer release or something, right? I mean, look, there are a lot of Star Trek games out there, okay? We've all played them. We're going to cover one shortly. The fact of the matter is that none of them have been as cinematic and immersive as Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online really needs to start being in the forefront of advertising in new Trek. So, for instance, if there's a fourth Trek movie, or if there's the next Trek movie, there should be a, a gaming trailer for Star Trek Online prior to that movie, right? During the, 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 the release of that movie. I remember when, when The Matrix Online did that for uh, Enter the Matrix and whatnot, and a few other games have done that. I remember for Star Trek Discovery, Creation Entertainment had paid for advertising space to promote the... Parsippany convention last year. Star Trek Online should be doing this, and Perfect World should be paying for this for this level of advertising and cross promotion. In other Star Trek gaming news, 
If you're a fan of the retro-style games of the 80s and have played the previously released mobile game Trexels, then you'll want to check out Trexels 2, The Next Resolution. The original Trexels was an 8-bit Star Trek game where you would build rooms and stations in your very own starship, complete missions and ship battles, and boldly go into a mobile time-wasting game. <laughs> well, Captains, new developer Congregate has brought us the next resolution to Trexels with an upgrade to the 16-bit era of gaming and a whole new take on the gameplay. You still get to build rooms and stations in your own starship, but you're going to have to earn that specific starship you want. The away missions have also been overhauled with a focus more on strategy and turn-based action than on screen tapping. Links to the download page can be found in the show notes. So this last weekend was Labor Day weekend, and I found myself, I was, I was feeling a little under the weather, and I found myself exploring the Android Play Store uh, for, some, for some mobile games to see, what, to see what was on. And I accidentally stumbled upon Trexels 2 and started playing it. Um, you know, it, it, it does play much like its uh, predecessor, but already off the bat, what I don't like is that you, you have a choice between the, the Botany Bay to start with, or or the a Jem'Hadar um, attack uh, escort, which I'm like, why? What? What? What does that even have to do with TNG? So I I do know because uh, I've played I think a little bit further than you have, but you eventually unlock a fleet of ships that you can collect, and you only have so many spaces for the ships that you have that you can that you can uh, gain, and I. Th- I'm assuming what's going to happen is is you have to complete certain milestones or to in order to gain the resources necessary to purchase the specific style of starship that you wanted because in the first game you started off I believe in in the TOS Enterprise and then if you wanted to reskin it in either the TNG Enterprise or Voyager you had to actually purchase that as an add-on with money and I think in this version, you're going to be able to, it appears as though you're going to be able to collect resources that you need in order to purchase them using uh, the in-game resources instead of having to shell out you know, money. You can certainly spend money in order to accelerate that progress, but I think you can grind it out without having to do that. And, and I, for one, I, I saw the announcement on Facebook and jumped right into it because I was a huge fan of the first Trexels. And... Uh, I'm very. I love the the uh, graphical style. I'm a huge fan of you know Super Nintendo games and that 16-bit era, and I love the away mission um, mechanics in this game much more than the first game. And I find myself actually, actually like enjoying this game as a game instead of in the first Trexels I kind of felt like I was just trying to grind out the away missions or the starship battles in order to build you know that next room or to you know lay out the ship the way that I wanted to. The other thing I noticed too is that I I wanted to go back and play the first Trexels Um, neither one of the games are are browser compatible and that disappoints me because I sometimes want to waste time on the browser i actually these these last few days have been wasting a lot of time on the browser with with timelines and have found that i it's likely that i'm going to waste more time on the browser than i am going to be on the mobile platform mostly because the mobile platform i get hit with ads left and right and it it pulls me away and it drives me insane whereas on the browser that happens less and less. Now, mind you, they try to entice you with, 
watch this video and get double the rewards. Right. But but I, you know what? I'd rather continue to click through mindlessly than pause, be pulled from the game. Yeah, I just think the user experience is much better on the browser than than it is even on the on an Android uh, or mobile device rather. The one thing that I'm concerned with, and it was it's it's turning out to be an issue with the first Trexels for me is that I I played a lot of the first Trexels back when I had an iPhone and I now have an Android device and I actually went back into my old game on a previous iPhone and was able to download the app, load it up, and have my progress saved. I think I was level 46. But then when I downloaded it on Android and tried to log into it, my progress did not transfer over. And I even tried syncing it with my Facebook account in order for the progress to sync, and it didn't do that. I can already tell in Trexels 2 there does not appear to be a syncing feature. And in fact, I've just had to change my current Android phone uh, because of a hardware issue into an into a new one and I and I'm not able to transfer the what little progress I did make in the game over to another phone so I hope that's something that they look at and can uh, and can fix eventually hopefully soon yeah at that point at that point I lose interest in the game if I can't if, if it doesn't sync seamlessly like adversaries or timelines across multiple platforms I it, it does I don't no way. No way, because, you know, people often switch phones once a year. How are you going to continue to lose that type of gameplay without any form of backup? Yeah, and in fact, that's the that's the original reason I stopped playing the first Trexels is because I moved from an iPhone to an Android phone, and when I downloaded it, I had to start over, and I was like, there's no way I'm doing that. I mean, I also had purchased stuff. I had purchased the TNG packs you know, to reskin it with the Enterprise D and the uniforms. And I was like, I'm not going to put any money into it on another platform. I'll just play something else. Finally, Captains, we'd like to take a moment to send our deepest condolences to the friends and family of Fleet Admiral Anthony Black Magnum Battles of Caspian Rising. Back in June of 2014, many moons ago, Cookie, Jace, and I had interviewed him on the show to showcase his fleet in Star Trek Online. Unfortunately, this last week, he lost his battle with ALS. Captains, we know that many of you in the gaming community have grown to become close friends, if not family, partners with one another. Gaming is unique in how it brings people together and share time in a very special way. Many of us have lost friends that we've made in this greater Star Trek community. And just because you may have never met in person, greeted them with a handshake, or broken bread with them, that doesn't make their loss any less painful. In memory of Black Magnum, we urge you to visit ALSA.org and offer a financial contribution to their research in ending this disease. You may have already done the Ice Bucket Challenge once before, you may have already donated, but let's make another effort so that no other Starfleet officer is lost to this disease. Live long and prosper. That's it for this week in gaming news. Now, let's take a stroll on the promenade with Cookie and Jake. Welcome back. I'm Cookie. And I'm Jake. And this is The Promenade. And where do you get off calling me that? 
Jake? Oh. Hey. Whoa, everything okay there, Buckaroo? Everything's just dand... Buckaroo? Yeah, I don't know why I went with Buckaroo, sorry. So what's wrong? It's nothing. Oh, come on, just tell me. Fine, it's just... The folks down in engineering keep making fun of me. What are they doing? Spitballs? Wedgies? Worse. Mean names. Ouch. Sorry, buddy. Want me to go yell at them? Um, nah. That'll probably just make it worse. I'll just keep yelling at them in the shower. What? You know, like Elijah does. At Kenna. <laughs> I should really listen to the show more. By the way, what were they calling you? Troll doll. <laughs> hey! It's hurtful. Even the Tellerite Bruce joined in. <laughs> you're, you're right. What do you say we just get started? Speaking of creepy dolls, are you a fan of garden gnomes? I am a creepy garden gnome. Well, you're in luck, because Big Mouth Inc. released officially licensed Star Trek garden gnomes. They're $24.99 each. They're made out of cast polyresin that can withstand the elements. And there are eight figures to choose from, and they all have gnome-type faces. The creepy kind. <laughs> Each of them are standing, like, on a little platform that says a few words. So the first one is a Borg, and it says, We are the Borg. Resistance is futile. <laughs> well done. The next one is Captain Kirk. It says, To boldly go where no man has gone before. The next one is Data holding spot. And it says, My neural pathways have become accustomed to your sensory input patterns. How sweet. <laughs> The next one is a Gorn standing over Kirk, who is on the ground. And that says, I shall be merciful and quick. The next one is Captain Picard, and it says, engage. The next one is a dead red shirt with like a phaser blast through his chest. And it says, join Starfleet, they said. It'd be fun, they said. The next one, which is my favorite, is Riker, and it says, Set beard to stunning! <laughs> and the last one is Worf, and it says a word in Klingon, which I asked our resident Klingon expert, David Holquin, host of the Warriors Den on Trek Radio, to translate it for me, and he kindly provided the pronunciation of the Klingon word, which is... <laughs> But there's a human way you can say it. You can just say Giktal if you can't do the Giktal. So thanks, David. Oh, and the translation, sorry. It means to the death. So these are supposed to be garden gnomes, and they would look absolutely adorable in a garden. But if your neighborhood is anything like my neighborhood, I would personally be afraid that someone would steal them. But, because they're relatively small, they're 8 inches tall, you could really get away with having them anywhere you want. Some other ideas would be on a windowsill looking out, or in, <laughs> or on the mantle of a fireplace. <laughs> or if you're one of those people that line the side of your stairs with random objects to decorate, you could put them there, which is totally unsafe, by the way, in a climbing hazard. Please don't do that. You could also put them in one of those glass display cases, like Brady Bunch style. Yep. The possibilities are endless. Or you could just put them in your garden and hope for the best. Yeah. So I love these for a couple of reasons. 
I have a beard currently that is about yes, the same as that. Mm-hmm. Rikers? I'm about eight inches tall. Uh, what? <laughs> what? And well, I have what? kind of the same face. <laughs> so these things are awesome. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So you said your favorite is the Riker? I just think it's the funniest one. I I mean, technically, Data Holding Spot is my favorite because Data's my favorite, but the one that made me laugh was Riker's, and so I'm going to go with that. I like the Abe Lincoln beard on the Data one. (laughs) Yeah, they all, like, have such a gnomey little look. (laughs) My favorite's the the red shirt, the dead red shirt. It's just so funny. Yeah. With the the X's X's for eyes, yes. (laughs) And the tongue sticking out. It's just great. It's funny. So decorations are cool. And the WAN company, manufacturer of the TOS Bluetooth communicator and the TOS phaser remote control, are once again tempting me with their beautiful wares. This time, WAN has teamed with the promenade favorite ThinkGeek to produce the Star Trek TOS phaser-controlled rock mood light. The mood light is modeled after the rock that kept Sulu and his stranded compatriots alive in 120 degree below zero temperatures on Alpha 177 all while Kirk was split in two aboard the Enterprise in The Enemy Within. You don't remember the episode? It's the one where the dog is wearing the dragon costume. <laughs> Who's your good boy? I remember that episode. It's a and great episode. I felt episode. so bad for Sulu. <laughs> anyway, the 7.3 inch tall by 6.7 inch wide by 6.3 inch deep 1 pound ABS plastic rock operates in two modes, survival and atmosphere. While in survival mode, you use the included battery-operated Type 1 hand phaser infrared remote to heat the rock. The longer you fire at the rock, the more heat is produced. Now, to be clear, no heat is actually produced, but it mimics Sulu's heating of the life-sustaining rock on Alpha 177 really well. Let off the phaser's trigger, and the rock begins to... In atmosphere mode, the lamp glows in one of seven colors and can quickly or slowly alternate between said colors, glow at its brightest intensity, or slowly dim over the course of ten minutes, setting the mood for... Oh my. Included in the box are, quote, the specimen rock sample, phaser replica remote, Starfleet standard issue emergency survival blanket, USB charging cable, and manual, end quote. Wait. Emergency survival blanket? That's right. You get the foil blanket that aided Sulu's survival in the minus 120 degree temperatures too. The set can be purchased at thinkgeek.com for $69.99 US dollars. Check out the show notes for a link and be sure to watch the video on the product page. Tons of fun. I like the setting that changes like rainbow colored. Mm -hmm. I really like that. I have a globe like that and I just have it on all the time and I I really enjoy it. it. I think it really makes the room look really cool and it slowly transitions to different colors. Did you watch the video? I did. I watched the video. Yeah. Pretty entertaining stuff. Nice job, thank you. Does it automatically shut off after 10 minutes? Did you say that? Or is that in only survival mode that it does that? That's in atmosphere mode, and I think that's one of the settings. So you can set it to do different things, and I think one of those things is it will shut off after 10 minutes. Hmm. Okay. Because I would want to have it on that rainbow mode and just leave it on. Yeah. I would drive everyone in my house crazy by keeping it on survival mode and constantly shooting <laughs> So there you have it. Creepy dolls are for everywhere. (laughs) Links to the items discussed can be found in the show notes, so please be sure to check them out. 
have any comments about the segment or anything discussed herein, we'd love to hear them. So let us know what you think on Twitter, Facebook, or in the comment section. And remember, you keep an eye on the stars. We'll keep an eye on the market. Until next time. Now let's open hailing frequencies and see what's incoming. Message coming in, sir. Hailing frequencies. Open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, this is the part of the show where we open Healy Frequencies for your incoming messages. Episode 380's first community question was, Would you pay to see a standalone Sulu, Uhura, Spock, or other solo film? From Patreon, Peter Archibald writes in with, Yes, I would go see a Star Trek film centered around a specific character. The solo film was great fun. Only in the Disneyverse can the performance be considered a disappointment. I have to agree with him on that one. I really enjoyed the solo film and it wasn't, it didn't end up being one of those smash box office hits, but it was a great film and it seemed like it pulled in a bunch of money. I don't understand why everyone thinks it was this ginormous flop. So I, yeah, I'm kind of on the same page. From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Bertolf writes, I would definitely watch a standalone movie but I worry you'd have to use more than one character. And if you're going to do that, you may as well just make a Star Trek film and focus slightly more on a different character than Kirk. I would love to see more of Sulu moving forward, though, especially with his family. See, I think you could do a whole smattering of origin stories. Everybody loves an origin story. I mean, look at, like, half the Marvel movies. Uh, origin stories are great. So they've got quite a number of, uh, of, of TOS characters that they could use as origin stories that I think would actually work pretty well. From Twitter, Das Otter says, I actually would like to have more content on the small screen. Time for Movie Trek to take a break. Let's have Alex Kurtzman focus on these five shows without Paramount breathing down his neck. On our Discord channel, Fleet Admiral Harrison writes in, I would love to see a Spock movie, or maybe his time as CSO of the Enterprise under Captain Pike, or maybe a movie about Sulu's or Scotty's early time in Starfleet. Maybe even Reginald Barkley's time after leaving the Enterprise. Now that's a movie I would see. Winky face. Can I just say that that idea of having a movie about the Sulus is actually pretty brilliant? Having like an older Hikaru Sulu played by George Takei reflecting on some earlier adventures similar to the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles, I think would be, I, I would definitely watch that. I would watch that on the small screen, not on the big screen. Ooh, well, that's then, then you're sort of getting into difficult territory, aren't you? Because movie versus... Would you have a would you have a mini series of that then? I I think that these small one character focus or single character focus stories would work better as a mini series the way Discovery is doing with Mary Weissman's uh, Cadet Tilly and and Saru. Yeah, I think it works better for in, in a two parter or a little mini series thing than than trying to meet box office numbers. Episode 380's second community question was, will you be picking up Star Trek Discovery on Blu-ray? From Facebook, Carlos Perez says, of course I will, especially for the extra goodies. From Twitter, Brandon Parker says, yes, since I miss the online streams and don't plan on having another monthly subscription, having Blu-ray physical copies should be a real treat. Looking forward to all the behind the scenes stuff. Another message via our Discord channel, Marques writes in, I probably will, because Star Trek. Curious about 
any behind the scenes extra stuff, obviously, I will definitely buy season two because I'm excited from what the teaser showed. And once again, we'd like to thank our audio engineer, Brandon Parker, for helping post our questions on Discord. Be sure to keep an eye on our social media. This week, we restarted hashtag Survey Sunday, and we wanted to know, what is your favorite Star Trek Online event queue, not including seasonal? We can't list them all, so if it isn't listed, be sure to leave a comment. And the survey says... 43% of you said Crystalline Catastrophe. 25% of you said Arena of Some Pack event. 25% said the Mirror Invasion event. And 7% said Unto the Breach event. I find what's interesting about this is that they... Every single one of these are, of, are not regular cues. They're ones that rotate in throughout the year, which I think is, which in my opinion, are the most fun ones to do. Well, that wraps up episode 381 of Priority One of Roddenberry's Star Trek podcast. For more great podcasts like Mission Log, Women at Warp, and The Trek Files, visit podcasts.roddenberry.com. But we can't forget to send a special thanks to our Patreon supporters, Jim DeVico, Navy Boats Lou, Joshua Selig, Diana Gunter, Peter Archibald, Starkicker, David S., and Darnell Dwayne Ross. Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash PriorityOnePodcast, or find us on Twitter or Instagram via at PriorityOnePod. Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.priorityonepodcast.com. You can even join in on the fun while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 11 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. Keep an eye on our social media channels for details. And if that wasn't enough, be sure to spend time with Admiral Winters and the Priority One Armada. Because Saturday nights, the Armada takes to our Twitch channel, where they review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in the community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, and earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular rewards, there is something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old. So head on over to twitch.tv forward slash priority one and subscribe for notifications on when the Armada goes live. And if you'd like to join the Armada, just visit PriorityOneArmada.com. This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash priority one. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help us spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going. And don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at guardfrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons and Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to heroesrisepodcast.com to discover their secrets. Thanks to our audio editor, Brandon Parker. Thanks to producer, Jake Morgan, for assisting in the writing of our show and social media endeavors. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer, Henry Pomper. Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. 
Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producers, Navy Boats Lou and Jim DeVico. But most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible. Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. Shields up. Su. No. Engage. At last week's Trekonderoga, Urban talked to some of the fans about his thoughts Trek on the upcoming Urban. Star- <laughs> that legit, you said, Trekonderoga Urban. <laughs> I hate you. Urban, Trekonderoga Urban. <laughs> and wild exegesis, speculators. I think. Ex- exegesis. Ex- <laughs> what is exegesis? what? Exegesis. 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 I think it's exegesis. It isn't. For heaven's sake. Like Genesis. It isn't. I'm putting it in chat. It's exegesis according to Le Google. Exegesis. And he said unto the Lord, exegesis, I want you. Pause for one second. My cat is doing something. Kitty! Hey, they listened. It's really good, good kitty. Rectal. <laughs> Rectal. Rectal. Hold on. Kitty! Get out of there, please! I'm just gonna just move. The, hold on one second. Sure, take your time. Please stop it. <laughs> I'm so sorry. No, someday this will stop being funny, but it's not today. <laughs> when you edit this later, mm-hmm. when you say, check out the show notes for a link, you sound Irish. <laughs> so better listen to that again. later. <laughs> okay. No, you Tra- don't have to try it. It's fine. You All just right. sound Irish. Just letting you know. For a link. <laughs> okay. Note to deep exegesis. <laughs> It's like it's like you're like Jesus's Italian ex girlfriend like, talking about like my ex Jesus. Ex Jesus. My ex Jesus still owes me my alimony. Jesus, it does not know the pizza. Now, what I find interesting too is that they had also announced that they are going to be streaming the story arc leading up to the Age of Discovery uh, on Facebook or Twitch or or, or however. I'll be honest with you. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, hold yeah, on neither do I. Hold on. I may have made all of that shit up right now. I'm pretty sure you did. Because I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm just trusting you. Hold on.
I think because in the post it says they're streamlining the, the narrative. Uh, That's so maybe it's funny. yeah. I may have completely just made all of that up. Oh God! Great. You know what it is? Is it? I. It was yesterday's post at 9 p.m. The Mission Journal streamlining is live on our test servers. Uh, so I must have read it is we're streaming it live. Whoops. Sorry. Never mind. Okay. Cut all of that. From now until to <laughs> From now until September. <laughs> Shut up. I just got water all over my microphone. Because <laughs> you, you, you did this. You did this. Um... Podcast.roddenberry.com. The Roddenberry Podcast Network.